from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. This is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week we enjoy the snow and look out the window. It's so nice. It's lovely. I Here's the thing. I feel like, admittedly, part of it is because I haven't been driving lately. So, like, I feel like... I'm, I'm I'm coming back around to being extremely pro snow. I'm giving it till about Monday, uh, Monday starting Monday when I start driving every day. It's gonna very quickly turn into uh into a hell a hell fluid from hell. But yeah. for now, I look out and I'm just like snow. Yeah, I I can't see. All I see when I look out the window is another building, but I see snow accumulating on my fire escape, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm ordering in tonight. <laughs> I'm not leaving my fucking house. Hell no. no. I, I took a nice long snow walk today and it was it was lovely. Like, you know, you make it that first few blocks and you're like, snow, it's all around me, it's magic. You you get home and you're like, I am wet. I was about to say you're everything so is wet. caked. If my socks are wet, my life is ruined. My socks did not get wet today, and it was like it was a blessing. What a time to be alive. Oh man, and I I risked it too. I was I only uh, like I I guess it's not really a risk. It's a, like a more of a life risk than a risk I took today because I I wore my I only have I only have the chucks which are canvas. Those are very, very good for snow. No, they're not designed for the for the <laughs> Arctic climate. So I was out today in the chucks and I was like, oh man, those wet socks are gonna hit me hard. But the spirit of Chuck Taylor carried me through. He cradled my feet. And kept them dry and kept them dry and comfy the whole walk. And I got back inside and I felt I felt empowered. I felt magic. I'm still wearing the same socks and I feel like this is this is some some real Narnia stuff that's going on right now. Fuck, the magic is flowing today. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck Taylor is the magical conduit of our world. I mean, he powers so many nerds. I love I love I lo- I genuinely love my Chuck Taylors. I will I swear by these I swear by these mildly uncomfortable canvas shoes. Yeah, I've only ever worn them in musicals and I'm always like, yo, these are fucking wrecking my shit. <laughs> They're so uncomfortable, but they, they look so cool. They look so good. I I actually did try the Chuck Taylor 2 where they tried what? to like update it with 50 years of shoe technology. I'll be honest, more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't look no. I ain't about that life. Get that shit away from me. Um, like, like I, I, I was just like, I wore them and I was like, I see what you're doing, but I also feel like these shoes are simultaneously more uncomfortable while not looking more stylish than the old Chuck Taylor. You know, that's why I only wear Chacos no matter what weather. Sure. I have never worn Chacos, Jeff. I can't do that to myself. That's fair. You know, <laughs> you, you, every, every, we almost, we almost bear our own shoe burden. Aaron actually only wears clown shoes. That's correct. Full on law. It, it makes, it makes driving difficult because the, the toe is very far out. Yeah. You know, you make it work though. If you really want to dedicate yourself to this form of expression, you sure. know, you go all the way. It's sure. like, you know, if you were to wear Chuck Taylors in the snow. Right. You, you, you gotta live. You gotta live the life. You know, live fast, leave a sexy corpse, like Stanley says in the office. Exactly. 
Aaron, do we have a prompt this week? Because I feel like we're going to talk about shoes for a very long time. No, that was a real intro. That's what real podcasters do. They like talk about their day and they talk about like silly things. Like I don't care shoes. for it, honestly. I feel yeah, like no, I'm not about it. I'm very I'm, I'm thrown off of my game already. Well, well, I'm about to bring you back in because, yes, we All have right. a prompt this week. Prompt this week comes to us from Ink Oculi on our prompt submission form. The necromancer called the spirits of not the realm of fantasy, but the spirits of the realm of order. All right. So, quick demon refresher. Um, Fantasy, our world, our universe is made up of two forces, the force of chaos and the force of order. Uh, All beings on fantasy are beings of order. Aaron meant to say chaos. And demons, which are from another plane, are beings of order that oppose chaos. So, this necromancer is calling demons. They're a demon summoner. Yeah. So, we have a version of necromancer that's like, you know, like Catch Cavalier, like, projects images of the dead. But there can also be, like, other necromancer, like, classic necromancers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my question to you, the first question I have is, is this person summoning dead demons or just pulling them from the other side? Because our necromancer just listens to the ley lines, like the energy of the planet, you know, it can bring something forward. So if mm-hmm. this person's listening to the other realm, you know, is listening to looking into the, uh, what was it called? The astral plane? Yeah, they're, they're, they're looking into the astral plane and pulling energy out and like bringing demons forth. Is that what we want to go with? Hmm. What are you thinking? What do you think? We could go in a completely different direction. So let's go over the history of necromancers and the history of demons a little bit more in detail to see if we kind of like it spurs something. Okay. So a necromancer, the only one that we kind of know of right now is Catch Cavalier. And we decided that you're born a necromancer and you can hear the voices of the ley line and you can project their image. You know, yeah. it's not, it's your, it's the necromancer's interpretation of this person's true essence. So it's not like a genuine article, like you're not summoning anybody in this and it's case. Like, it's like not necessarily a person so much as their like truest self or their, their impact upon the world is what is summoned from the void more yes. so than a person themselves. Yes. And a demon is a piece of order energy from the cosmic plane take shape that opposes, yeah. that opposes beings of chaos, which meaning people in fantasy. Sure. So this person is, let me read the prompt exactly. So this person is, they called the spirits of not the realm of fantasy, but the spirits of the realm of order. Right. So they're basically bringing demons through. Right. Like if we, we always use the image of like, you know, the being of order is banging on the door and like little drippings of order energy are getting over to the realm of chaos. What if this person is like cracking the door? Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Or just like yeah. making a window, making a cutout, making it easier for demons to get in. Yeah. You know, or just simply like pulling them over. You know, it doesn't matter. Summoning. Yeah. They're doing some, they're summoning some demons. So my first question is, why? Are they mad? Is this like a villain who's like, I'm mad and I want to unmake things. You know, I'm mad and I, I was wronged and I'm going to make it right by fucking up everything. Or... Because this is my pitch to you. I don't know if you got anything. Go for it. Is this person making like a demon city, a demon army? Hmm. You know, because I think demon lord, where they have like legions of... I'm thinking like Sauron and the orcs. 
You know, is it like Mordor, where there's a person who like figured out they could summon demons, and in one part of the world is like amassing an army, or is it just like there's a city of demons? Hmm. Because this person say could be dead, and they left the portal open, and demons are just walking through, and now there's just like a community of demons. We could go in a lot of ways here. Yeah, we could, and I'm trying to decide which way we want to go in. You want to make like a just villain douche? We could do that. Someone who's just like. You know, and then they get defeated at the end of the episode. That's not a bad idea. I'm not. I'm into that. Yeah, you know, like that. We we rarely have like a big bad. I like a good big bad sometimes, like a boss who's yeah. just like sitting on a throne conjuring demons, and then someone kicks their ass. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, so this person, uh, let's roll for their pronoun right quick. All right, his name is. I got a one. What is his name? So he's summoning demons. He is bringing forth spirits of the world, spirits from beyond the astral plane. Yes. Spirits from another place. Like, he is recalling out to those spirits. Yeah, does he know what he's doing? You know what I mean? Because he's a necromancer. The sure. The says necromancer. Does that mean, like, he hears them and then calls them over? Maybe he, hmm. You know? Because we can just say no and be like, nah, he's just summoning Maybe he doesn't hear them. Okay. And, like, that's why he's calling out to them. Okay. What if this is a scenario where this is ego? Okay. Keep keep rolling with that. What you mean? What you mean? This is somebody... This is a necromancer. This is an accomplished necromancer. This is somebody that, like, has spoken with the spirits of the dead, right? Like, has come to peace with with his birthright gift... And has spoken to the spirits from the from from beyond from within the ley line. Yeah, it's been a part of his life, just hearing the voices of the dead of the ley line, communing with them. And he's sort of made like a peace with them. He sort of lived comfortably with them. Maybe has profited from them, but not necessarily in the like uh, benevolent community focused way that say a catch cavalier has. Okay. Maybe I'm trying to decide like what direction we want to take that in, but he's somebody that has amassed a small fortune, like doing something by communing with the dead. Can I give you, I have an, I have an image in my head. Okay. And this is my, it's a big, it's a big pitch. So from all this, I see a person who has made, you said made some sort of profit, some sort of success in their life through necromancy. Yeah. What that is, we don't know yet. Perhaps, perhaps this person has the ability to, what, are they an actual necromancer in terms of classic, where they would, like, bring forth someone who has, like, a physical, tangible form, but they control them? Like, a, because this is a bad. Yeah. You know? Because I'm thinking in terms of, like, classic necromancy. So, Catch Cavalier brings forth a projection, everybody laughs, they have a great time with this person's true essence, blah, 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 but it's still up to Catch Cavalier. We always said, if someone were a dick and a necromancer, you could twist the story and be like, well, this is how I interpret it. You know what I mean? And you, you bring forth grandma, and she's, like, mean and, like, shooting fireballs. Sure. If you wanted. So I'm saying that this person... Possibly, I see, my first image is uh, a person in a town who is, like, makes a fortune, makes a killing, solving problems using necromancy, being like, you have a bounty, oh, we need to kill a monster, all right, I'm going to bring forth a powerful warrior, destroy, you know, like, what someone would do in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah. Now, 
the the thing that I think what might happen from that is there's a big problem, you know, ego comes in, like you said, and there's a giant, uh, I think a fun thing that I think we should do with dragons, like we have dragon people, but like yep. a dragon in terms of fantasy, like, you know, breathing fire, or raining down chaos. Could that be like a worm? We call them sure, absolutely. I don't see. I don't see why not. Yeah, cool. So like a worm is attacking this city that they're in, this small town, whatever, sure. and it's wreaking havoc. You know, the crops are destroyed. They're like, what? We can't do anything. Like everyone's powerless to this devastation, and all the heroes that this person has been summoning aren't really getting the job done. And then they hear this tiny little voice calling from even deeper like when they listen to the ley line like you know they hear all the voices where it's like you know i had a great power great i'll summon you boom like not really putting a lot of thought like catch cavalier does into like interpreting what this person's true essence is this is like if someone says they had some power this man is calling them out and they're fighting their battles for them which is kind of dickish so they hear a voice i think a little they hear a little tinge even further past what they usually hear like from a the room next to them and they hear like, you know, if you call me, I can solve this for you. And they're like at their end, like, you know, their last rope, they're bloodied. The worm is like circling over their city. And they're like, well, who are you? Like, what's your power? Just trust me. You know, you can trust me. You can call to me. And so they do and out fucking a gash in, you know, space time rips open and out walks this demon. Destroys the worm. But... Then goes ham, devastates the entire city, leaving this necromancer all alone. Because I see this person having fucked up so bad that they're now kind of the king of this empty town. Can I throw some some wrenches in this? Yeah, please do. That was just my... No, 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 because I, 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 I dig it. So we have this worm. Yes. What is it and where does it come from? I have a pitch for this. What if the worm was a demon? Oh, baby. It is an elemental, it is a beast of elemental fury from beyond the world of fantasy. It is a a, a thunderous, you know, it is a full-on Dungeons & Dragons style, big-ass scary dragon that comes and lays waste to this village and this necromancer that has been essentially doing mercenary work. I, I picture, I picture him as kind of, so I think we know how he gets his fortune, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think he is an adventurer in the most kind of cynical, predictable, uh, like, I would say dismissive way that I can say that. In that he is a mercenary, a grave robber, a, like, a, 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 a hired killer. Basically, he is someone that is like, oh, I have, a, I have a ghost for this. And he, like, summons someone and then distorts their image to make them into a weapon, right? Yeah. He summons, like, a great soldier, but instead of coming out, as someone that loved his family and, like, cared for them and, and took care of them and left military life behind him to go pursue his passion for baking, he summons him as, like, an axe-wielding, like, murder machine because oh, that's geez. what's most valuable to our necromancer at that moment. Can I pitch you a name real quick? Yes. Can, because this is real, like, Dungeons & Dragons fantasy, is his name Arcana Dimday? Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is this what it feels like? <laughs> is this what it feels like aaron yes <laughs> when you <laughs> is this what it is this what it's like every time yes this is what it's like every fucking episode where i go wow i was gonna call him like you know steve butterman 
And you're like, <laughs> his name is Dusk Seabreeze. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, but I actually have a pitch now. Okay. Uh, his stage name. Oh, motherfucker. His work name. <laughs> his work name is, Ar- is Arcana Dim Debt. His real name is Steve Butterman. Fuck. All right. but Steve, So Steve Butterman has become Arcana Dim Day, and that's how he will oh, yeah, be known forever. Because people don't mark, because, and it's a, and it's a marketing thing, right? Like, it's totally. entirely like, he's like, I am Arcana Dim Day, and I shall come and summon the ghosts of great warriors to fight my battles. Aren't you, aren't you Steve, but I, I am Arcana Dim Day, never say that name to me again. So that tells me a lot about this person. So I have a I have a little pitch for you. Yeah. So they Steve Butterman is a human just yep. living his life, you know, in a in the small town of Capo Downs. Sure. Capo Downs is a uh, just a small nothing town. I think it's like outside of Geode in like this, you know, thick pine forest that seems to stretch on forever. A, a pine barren, if you will. Yeah. So they're just like there's nothing really there's he's a necromancer obviously you know what i mean but as a kid just kind of grows up in this small town where nothing's really happening you know there's no it's not an adventuring hub it's a place where like one diner one gas station one traffic light type spot you know yeah and i think that he kind of has something to prove and that's it. I think, you know what I mean? He, he, you know, you would hear tales of legends and adventurers and people with great power. And Steve Butterman wants that, I think, for himself. And he's like, I want to get out of Kappa Downs and, like, just go out there and, like, show the world that I have power. And I think, like, the people of the town are like, but Steve, like, you know, you're in, you're in the Downs. There's nothing here. Like, you know, th- this isn't that kind of spot. This isn't that place. So I think this is someone who wanted something so bad, wanted like accolades and wanted to prove themselves to the world that they went really far and now they're way off the rails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dig that. Also, the traffic light is is a stone obelisk that has been in Capo Downs for as long as it has existed. It is impossibly old. No one knows where it comes from. It is a stone obelisk about three meters high uh, that when... Uh, carts or people are coming, uh, lightning will strike it akin to a lightning rod and it alerts the people of Capo Downs that travelers are coming for. Oh, I love that. That's very good. Just a little magical detail. I love that a lot. Okay, so Steve Butterman, Arcana Dim Day, um, he starts his life, you know, he he's he's listening to, he all his life, you know, he has heard the spirits of the ley lines talking to him. And I think, like, you know, when he would walk out into the Pine Barrens, into the woods, he would play games. And people thought he had imaginary friends. But it's like, nah, these are just like, you know, these are projections of real people. And he would hang out. And so this has kind of, I think, always been a part of his everyday life is like creating his own community with his power and creating like a friend group and creating role models because if you it would be similar to that of a druid but like different where you summon people you hear their story and you're like holy shit that's so amazing like he could have not just heard stories of heroes he could have like met them yeah because i'm trying to think of this person as being like a could have been a great necromancer but went down the wrong path you yeah. know, was able to summon people, their truest essence. They have physical form. So it's like beyond Catch Cavalier. They can flex their power. And he's like, I'm going to use these heroes. Like, I have power to summon heroes. I can use their strength 
in order to like solve these things and get these bounties complete and kill these monsters and like help people and I'll get the glory and then I'll dismiss the hero. Everything's coming up Arcana Dim Day. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing this until this until the greatest word in storytelling, this demon worm shows up. And then what happens? I'm sorry. This has been a long interruption of your pitch of the demon no, no, no. lays waste to Capo down. I feel like we're coming up with we have a, we have a, a firm grasp on a character now. Cool. We have like a, a picture of who Arcana is, and he is he is a a person that has a gift that used that gift in the most sort of short sighted and selfish way that he could. Yeah. And he is somebody that made a living just like using his gift in sort of a cruel, short sighted way. And then, like, a real opportunity to be a hero comes. And, like, he plays a part in it. Yeah. Not, like, a big part. Yeah. Like, you know, he summons ghosts. They fight it. Uh, but it's part of, like, a group community effort. They As a, as a community, they, they slay it. He comes in. He takes a little bit of credit for it and, like, lives the hero's life here for a few weeks. Here's what I want to pitch to you. Okay. They kill this worm. I'm with you. What happens if a... If a necromancer is in the presence of a demon that has been killed. Oh, God. Can he hear it? I think that's where I want this to go. This guy, who is already not a great person, uh-huh. kills this dragon and then starts hearing this dragon, like, and starts hearing this dragon be like, oh, you could, you could use me. I, you know, you could summon, you could summon the ghost dragon. Oh. You could be, you could be the master of the ghost dragon. You could be the bearer of the ghost dragon. How easily could you flush out this haunted tomb and collect the treasures that are owed to you if you just summoned a ghost dragon. And being egotistical, being eager to, you know, collect on collect uh, on his on his on what is owed to him, what he is entitled to, Arcana does it. And it starts small at first. It's sort of like a dragon punch situation. And slowly like the dragon starts exerting more power and starts being like, you know, there are others. Oh, you could no. open this gate and it's just it's it's the it is the 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 union of a already kind of crappy dude with a person with with a being that is capable of like whispering what he needs to hear in his ear. Oh, no. So what is the worm's name? This is very important because good dragons have good names. What about Riptide? Riptide? Riptide. All right. So Riptide is the name of the first dragon that comes to... Blue-skinned dragon shooting lightning and summoning, you know, torrential hurricane winds, Riptide. Okay. Very aquatic-themed dragon. Riptide came to Capo Downs, you know, as demons do. They, you know, just appeared, started fucking shit up. You know, people are scrambling, the city is flooding... And I think that Arcana Dim Day was very unprepared for this level of battle. Like, usually they're, yeah. like, going in and killing, like, some blobs in the woods. You know what I mean? And, like, getting their bounty. Yeah. But, so when this happens, we said Capo Downs is a small town. There's no, like, heroes there. So it's like, what? Do we, he's probably like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I going to do? And they're like, Arcana Dim Day, you have to do something. Steve, Steve, now, like, summon. And he's like, I, th- this is like a, this is a demon. Like, this is too strong. So I think that's when, you know, summons all the heroes, kill a dragon, whatever. And in that moment of like, I did it. I did it. I have tremendous power. And then it's like, but you could have more tremendous power. Yeah. I am Riptide. I come to you, oh, powerful one who slayed me. Wield my power. 
And, you know, then, and after you said, like, you could open this gate, you know, you could acquire more power. How many heroes have you summoned? Imagine the power of thousands of riptides at your disposal, at your command. You'd be unstoppable. You'd be the greatest hero the world has ever known. So they do it. Yes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He definitely, like, I think, it, and it's a process, right? Like, it's, it's, he does it out of convenience or tries it once or twice and summons a demon ghost and then it goes away. And slowly, like, he starts to become more powerful. And as he becomes more powerful, he becomes, he becomes more egotistical and becomes like, oh, well, I can summon something bigger. And it just becomes that he just starts opening that gate for longer and longer and starts, like, summoning more and more things and creating bigger and bigger armies until it just gets out of hand and he starts just doing it just to do it. It takes it, it takes on a little bit of, like, you know, when you've got a hammer, right? Yes, yes, yes. Because I think he's always been a little bit of a guy with a hammer, right? Oh, He's absolutely. always been a little bit of... There are people that would look at a situation, like, if there is a... Uh, a, a wizened old spider in a cave somewhere there are people that would go well we just have to strike up a bargain we just have to talk to the spider we can make a relationship work maybe we have to outwit the spider and get past it to get like the gemstone that it's high that is in this cave that will you know light our village for for many a fortnight you know and this guy's just like kill him oh no. i'm summoning a ghost yeah and so like i think when that when that dude gets an access to like the demon army it just comes a lot sooner to go, well, I'm out of my depth. Gonna need summon a demon. Oh, no. You know, it turn, it, like I said, it's when you have a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. And he was already a guy that looked at a lot of problems like they were nails. Now he's just got a way bigger hammer and he's like, I mean, I could summon like, I could summon the ghost of Golden Sword of Golden Sword uh, Del Nari. But Golden Sword Del Nari, I've got to, like, work out, like, you know, a truce. Yeah. With Del Nari, we have to go into the cave. We would have to fight back to back and learn things about each other. I could also just summon, I could also just summon... <laughs> a being of pure destruction. <laughs> the, the swirling mass of a thousand knives. And, I mean, that'll make quick work of a giant spider. Okay. So... Can I pitch you a conflict for young Arcana Dimde? Yeah. Well, he's not so young anymore, but Arcana Dimde's conflict is Riptide is his first demon buddy, right? And he's like, but if you open the gate, you know, just listen. Do you hear all those voices? That's power back there, friend. Call mm -hmm. to them and you're unstoppable. So calls out, right? Gets the the physical tangible being that is just like a cloud of knives swirling, just like literally the embodiment of like pain, you know, its name is pain. Pain comes out and you know, they, like you said, they just plow through this dungeon. They get this gem. They're like, fuck yes, I am unstoppable. All right, pain be gone. Pain be gone. And it doesn't go away. He can't dismiss demons like he can heroes. Oh, I like that. So now he has two. And he calls back to pain and is like, do as I command. Nothing. I will if you call to one of my friends. So they end up making a bargain, like a warlock bargain, typical of D&D. &D. They make one with him where he's constantly in this loop of, if you want to use us, summon one of our own. Yeah. So it's this never-ending cycle of, if you want to wield this power, you have to open that gate one more time and call to a new one. 
So every time he uses the power of one, he has to gain another. Yeah, and they're and they don't go away, and they make demands of you know they are like he he can't command them and shape them like he's used to doing with ghosts from from chaos. It's yes. a lot of like here's the thing when I said when I gave when I gave that monologue about Golden Sword Delnari. Yeah, he said, "Well, I would have to make a truce with Golden Sword." What he means is that like he would have to you know figure out like like learn the true sto- learn the story like. That's a justification, yes. is what I'm saying. Like, yes. like, that's not actually what is happening. That is what he is perceiving is happening. Yeah, and I would figure that, like, if a necromancer summons a hero, like, in his olden days, he would they would have to be like, what do you want to do with my power? He's not yeah. just, like, puppet mastering this. You know what I mean? Like, he has to kind of, like, learn about them. They learn about him, and then they go on a quest. It's like acquiring a new party member. Yeah. With these demons, they come out, and then he actually has to, like, make truces with them and bargain with them to get them to, like, complete the jobs that he is laying out before them. I love this because it's totally this person who took advantage of the system of, like, of, like you know, summoner and servant. You mm-hmm. know, they took advantage of this so much that now they are tied as the servant to the, his demon masters forever. Yeah. And there are... an ever in, and if he wants to keep using this power it's this it's totally like a it's sisyphus like he pushes it up to hill the rock rolls right back down and he's right back where he started over and over and over so my question is he has a fucking demon army now where does he live you know is he in is he in the pine barrens is he in an empty capo downs you know is i like that he's in an empty capo downs he I has like been that- alienated by you know his community they have left after the demon attack and like you know they saw him wielding riptide and pain a swirling mass of knives and they're like look what you've become steve 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 my house got destroyed by uh, the flood of that demon you're its friend and it's like, oh, no, no, the dragon obeys me now. And it's like, well, look look what you've become. You're, you know what I mean? That's terrifying. Someone who's like, oh, yeah. no, I, th- this is my friend now. I command it. And, you know, they gradually see the destruction of Steve Butterman, Arcana Dim Day. Yep. Fuck. That's, okay, so now Capo Downs is a twisted hellscape, Yes. Yep. With one traffic light obelisk that yep. as soon as you know, oh, okay, okay. So do other people know about this place? Is this like a thing? I think so. Because I think uh, just a cool detail about the town is you know that a bargain has been made with Arcana Dim Day when you see the lightning come from the sky and strike Capo Downs because you know a new traveler has just entered the town with the mm-hmm. traffic light. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Um, That's real good. So now what? So we set up the. We said we wanted to kick this guy's ass. We're about at a half hour into the episode. Do we want to wreck this? Do we want to wreck this so and so? We can totally wreck this so and so. But what does it? Is it self destruction or does a hero appear? I think it's both. Okay. Because I think like he's already had his downfall. Like he's like he's he's in ruin. Yes. Like he has. I think you know he is at best deluding himself that it's fine. He lives in this abandoned town, the town that he grew up in that he swore he would make into something. He swore he would make something of himself, and now he is little more than a conduit for unspeakable horrors to pierce through one after another after another, and, you know, rampage, and he is just trying his best to, like, strike bargains and manage the relationships with these these things, and I think at bet, like, he's just trying to... 
you know, maintain some semblance of his own sense of power. So I think he is already a shell of who he was. Oh, absolutely. I'm seeing this, like, husk of Steve Butterman sitting on a throne in Coppa Downs that's made of, like, you know, twisted wood, twisted driftwood and pine needles and this hideous throne that he's made for himself. Miserable. You know, he... He can't, he struggles to sleep because every time he closes his eyes, he hears, call to me, call to me, Arcana Dimde, choose me. And, you know, it's keeping him awake. It, it consumes his every thought of like, you know, so, so my question is, okay, if we're going to go with this like twisted husk of a person, why does he keep summoning them? Does he, he just keeps wanting more power? He wants this. So he's still venturing out. I think so. I think that he's, he's conquering. He is, you know, cave, there's a cave where there's a there's an et, there's a two-headed Etten who like, you know, holds books that are impossibly old and at this point he just says, "Well, I want those books. I want to know what are in those impossibly old texts." All right, I'll summon a gibbering mouther and it'll do battle with the Etten, but it's what I got to do. It's what I have to do. Yeah. It's what I have to do. I have to be the hero. Oh, that thing is hoarding knowledge. Okay. And it's a series of So you know what? I don't even think that he is a husk. I think he's a I think he is worse than a husk. Yeah. yeah. He is a delusional husk. Yes. Because he keeps thinking of oh. himself as the hero who yes. is summoning monsters to fight these things. So, like, if he were to see, like, a, a friend from his old town, they'd be like, you look terrible. He's like, I haven't slept because I'm out there solving problems. I'm out there doing heroic deeds for people. Heavy is the crown. Yep. Heavy is the crown. You know, I just, you can only save so many people. How many people are you killing? Damn. 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 Okay. So, Capo Downs is now pretty much a demon city. Yes. And at the helm of it is Arcana Dimde sitting on his pine throne, you know, surrounded by his demon horde. So I imagine him sitting on his throne of pine and needles and it's twisted and warped. And the the tail of Riptide is wrapped around him as if it's like looming over him. You know what I mean? Like this yep. is this is the true ruler of Cabo Downs until a hero appears. Yes. And I have... I'm going to give you, this is, I'm going to give you an audio drama right now, a little improv audio drama. Oh, fuck. Partially, because our iTunes backers gave us 25 nice reviews, and this was sort of the inspiration that I needed to whip up a little audio drama. I've got one for you right now. Yay, let's go. He's sitting here at his throne. Swirling ghost beasts are, are, are crawling through Capo Downs. He sits reading this impossibly old book feeling proud of himself for all the heroic deeds that he has done. When we see the traffic light, which probably has a name other than the traffic light, but it's, it's what the we're obelisk. calling it. The, the traveler's obelisk. Is this what it feels like, really? <laughs> he sees the obelisk of the traveler and lightning cracks. He sits, lightning has not cracked the obelisk in ages. But the only time lightning cracks the obelisk anymore is of my doing. And he sits and he looks and he sees... Just one person. And then suddenly lightning cracks again. And again. And again. And he looks around and he only still sees one person. Why? How is lightning cracking so much? And then he like walks out and he's like, why is it so cloudy? And from above him, he just sees the shadow of a giant bird. I was going to say the same person. Sorry. And 
I'm so excited that we we're the on the figure, same wavelength. The figure looms, and, and 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 he looks, and he's like, "What is? Have they? Have the demons broken through without out my summoning? Have I finally? Am I finally out of my depth?" And then suddenly, lightning cracks again and again, and there are just more shapes. And he starts seeing more shadows, and this figure just comes closer. And then suddenly, he starts seeing the flashes of light, the 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 glimmer of glowing fire on fur rimmed on 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 fur rimmed leather. As as he stands, and he's like, "Army, army, gather to me!" And his demon army gathers around him, and they, you know, Riptide rises and slaps him into a wall, oh. and just casts him aside, and says. We ne- we do not need you. We have enough. We do not serve you, Steve Butterman. We have no need of the gateway right now. We need our units. We have no need for you. And the figure comes up, puts her hands in her pockets, shakes loose her shoulders, smiles and says, Ah, Riptide. She's the person that I came to see. <laughs> and a giant hawk lands behind Conjure and her army of summoned of summoned animals come to her back and the giant bird behind her slowly like trapes its wing around her in an almost protective gesture and she puts its, her hand on its on its wing and says no no it's cool we're in this together it's all for one here and the two armies stare each other down and conjure wipes the floor like and the great army the great beast art the great battle of the beasts unfolds in the the abandoned town of capo downs a war of imagined beasts tears through this region and in the end you know suffering many losses and she feels every one of them he feels nothing but in the end her forces she stands triumphant you know you know some of her her some of her friends fade into the ether but she stands beaten, bloodied, but triumphant over the cowering, the cowering form cast aside of Arcana Dim Day. And she just says, you could have been great, kid. You could have been, you could have been like me. And I'm the best there ever was. And she walks away. Just leaves him there. Yeah, she doesn't have to beat him. No, she already did. Yeah, she beat his army. She proved that he, he like, she beats his army and then just leaves him. And he, like, he, like, I think he tries, right? Like, oh, he absolutely. tries one last time. He's like, he's like, I will crush her. And it's, and in that moment, it's all clear to him. And he doesn't care. And that's what's the worst part. In that moment, it is all clear to him. And he's like, I just want to hurt someone at this point. I just want to hurt someone. So he tries to summon and the demons ignore him. He called to the spirits, not of fantasy, but of, not of fant- chaos, but of order. And they ignored him. Damn. Because he was beneath them. And he walks off and is never seen again. Holy shit. So Conjure just rolled up and like, you know, her bird shot a beam out of its mouth and like melted legions of, oh my God, that was so good. Yeah, I, I've been I've been trying to figure out what I want to make an audio drama about, and I know that it's not fully like produced with sound effects and stuff. It but could I figured be. that was like a good. It could, <laughs> yeah, could be. It, we have time. We have editing yeah, time. I got editing time. I'm but on. like, I figured that was a good. Like, I, in my head, as we were talking, I was like, "Summoned army, summoned army." Yep. yep, yep. We talk. We've never really illustrated Conjure kind of sw- doing what we said she does. Yeah, and she's like in. the. We said she's like the most powerful person we've like made in our universe, but like she's never like. 
kick the shit out of anybody before. Yeah, we've never really shown that. And also, we've never really kind of illustrated that she kind of is, for lack of a better term, a little bit of like a deus ex machina character by her own choice. Yes, absolutely. Where she says, I'm only going to swoop in. I'm only going to swoop in when there's like a real need and only if it's like a big, cool fight scene. Oh, of course. So I figured this offered all of those things. This seemed like the time that Conjure would say, yeah, all right, I'll do this. Yeah, it'll be great. Right. It'll, be re- it'll be extremely cool. I'll stroll in with the... So the last thing that we see in this little audio drama, as, like, as she walks away, we get flashes of, like, her her cool, confident walk in. We get flashes of, like, her looking at maps going, like, the obelisk of the Traveler cracks with lightning every time somebody passes over this point. So here's the plan. Ice Wolf? Trying to think of another cool animal. Uh, wind Shrew? Wind shrew oh, being wind like shrew a sand, like a sand shrew. Of course. Or like, what's the what's the sand shrew evolution? Oh, uh, no, it's a pangolin. But whatever, what you're describing is a pangolin. Like a pangolin, but like swirling dust. Oh, she's like two of you. You wait two minutes behind me. I'm gonna pass through. Lightning's gonna crack. The bird's gonna go overhead. Lightning's gonna. It's gonna be very cool. Everybody, this is gonna be our best entrance yet. This is gonna be so badass. Hands in, hands in. Is Conjure ever scared of this? I mean, this is a this is a tough battle. But I think Conjure lives, that's the thing, is Conjure doesn't get challenged. I think, have you ever seen One Punch Man? Yeah. I think a lot of, a little bit of that is in this, where it's like, I've never fought anybody with a power similar to my level. Oh yeah, so I think, I think that she's not so much scared as she is really excited, because she's like, I get to, I get to really do, Let loose. I get to really do what I want, what I do. Yeah. Like, I get to really do what I want to do. Like, power takeoff or, like, you know, the inhibitors are off. Like, this is really seeing what the full power is. And can I give you an image? Yep. Arcana Dim Day, you know, the dragons and the knives are swirling and they're battling wolves and, you know, they're battling the, the pangolin and the penguins and the whales and, like, all these cool beam battles and, like, you know... Everything's just, you know, it's a crazy cool summoning fight until, like, Conjure is actually, like, I think pushed back a little bit for the first time. Like, you know, takes that damage and she's holding that one elbow and is like, what the fuck? Like, ow, damn it. Yeah. Until finally it's like, guess we got to go ham. We got to go full here. And then I'm seeing what is her, what is the big giant animal that, that ends this? Like the big, like, you know, summoning Bahamut and it shoots a fucking beam and yeah. destroys everything. I'm gonna flip. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just flip through the monster. I'm gonna flip to some random pages in the monster manual. Oh, please do. Oh, can I, I have. I have an actually. I have an idea. All right, hit me. So Conjure's holding that arm. You know, she's hurt, and she's like, "I guess I have to go full out here." You know, and what comes from her end is, you know, she puts that one arm up, and out from her fingers comes a dragon of her own. Oh yeah, that's super cool. It blocks out the the sky is just like if you imagine fantasy as like a tiny dot you see like Evangelion style like the end of Evangelion like this being that's like 10 times the size of the planet come from her hand and just shoots this beam Bahamut style beam just annihilates everything on his end of the battlefield and all that's left is like a scared little man you know shivering because he's like i thought i had demonic power turns out holy shit (laughs) you know what Uh, i mean so uh, yeah i've got and i've got a final i've got a note for that a follow-up note for that okay she blasts forth this dragon all like rainbow metallic iridescent scales shimmer scale it is known as oh uh shimmer scale obliterates obliterates you know riptide in the final battle 
and then lands and she's like, all right, so I guess we're all leaving. And Shimmer Seal's like, no, I'm not going with you. And she's like, oh, fuck. Wait, what? <laughs> I've never had somebody tell say no before. Because her reaching that new level created a being that was so powerful that it is, in fact, no longer a construct. And it's just oh. simply a, ma- a being of pure, pure magical power. And she's like, oh, okay. Okay. And unlike our friend, our friend uh, Butterman, she's like, okay, if you are not meant to travel with me, I, I, I wish you the best. If you ever need me, call and I'll be around. And maybe we'll get lunch sometime. Later. And she walks off and Shimmer Scale flies off into the sky. This being of pure magical power and crackling energy that was summoned because she finally, she tapped into a level of her elemental summoning power that she did not even realize was there. This being flies away and she's like, no, it, it, it had its own will. I'm not going to try and bend itself to my will and I'm not going to bend myself to its will. We are, I'm going to respect it as I respect all of my, all of my creations. They are all worthy. They all deserve my respect. Damn. Godspeed, Shimmer Scale. Damn. You do you. That's so good. And she walks off. You know, Shimmer Scale flies off. And I, I like to think the two of them do meet from time to time on the top of like an icy peak and just like eat sandwiches. Oh, absolutely. A, a being, <laughs> the most powerful being ever summoned just occasionally comes to hang out with Conjure. Oh, yeah. And she just like, she's like, I brought a picnic basket. And they sit and they eat and they chat about, like, the things that they've seen. Because you know they've both seen some cool shit. Oh, I mean, yes. Like, Conjure has seen, you know, the most powerful beings in fantasy and kind of lives a life of exploration and freedom. Whereas now Shimmer Scale has seen, like, the darkest reaches of space and time. Yeah. And they so they just kind of catch up and they just keep that sort of casual friendship that they have. I love this. And they have they have that particular kind of friend, you know, that really wonderful kind of friendship where you don't see each other very often and like you don't need to. Yeah. But like the few times you run into each other, you sit and you chat for an hour and you're and like you don't necessarily walk away thinking, God, I wish I saw that person every day. But you just walk away going, God, I'm so happy that I had time that I crossed paths with that person. I love it. And that that sort of special connection. Should we roll on tables? Yeah, let's roll on some tables. Fuck yeah. Like, is there like a demon summoner table, I'm you know? I'm sure there. I'm, I'm sure, sure there is. <laughs> like, I'm sure the regular necromancer um, table could probably has some goodens. I'm sure there's some stuff that we can roll on. Do we want to go with Dark Lord? Let's go with Dark Lord. Dark Lord. Give me a D8 for a personality trait. Okay. D8 go. Six. I trust very few people and keep to myself most of the time. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. It's like this this whole thing started as a kid with, like, trusting not a soul, just going out into oh, yeah. the woods and, like, I can only trust the people that I can make. Oh, yeah. And I think that, like, this is something I've thought about necromancers for a long time, is I see there as being a lot of support networks. If it's, like, a fairly com- a thing that happens naturally in people, I see it as being a thing that, like, support networks are around for. It's like, oh, I, I suspect... You know, my my child summoned a ghost, like, they were talking to each other, like, and there are, you know, there are necromancers, there are, like, necromancers that can come teach how to, like, control it and how to, like, integrate it into your life and ways that you can use it to, like, you know, they teach it, you know, I think it's not, there's, I don't think there's a formal academy for it, but I think there are probably traveling teachers for it, and they are pretty easy to get a hold of. Yes. But I think this is somebody that realized they had the skill and went, well, I'm fucking, well, I'm fucking immortal now. So this is perfect. Yeah. 
I have an infinite amount of power at my disposal, so fuck this town of Capod. It's what's what's cool. I like about this idea of um, like I trust no one. Blah blah blah. I'm gonna get out of here and become the greatest hero. In the end, they ended up exactly where they started yep. in this town where they're like, nothing's happening here. This town fucking sucks. And everybody was like, you know, if you if you're like that, you're destined to stay in Cabo Downs. And yep, yep, live in a town of no one, alone on a twisted pine throne. Bummer. Give me a D6 for an ideal. Animal D6. Two fish. Respect. Dark Lord is a title I was given, but I only wish to rule the land fairly and mercifully. He thinks he's the hero. Oh, they thought that that exact phrase where it's like, I will rule my demon legions fairly. And they were like, rule? Oh, <laughs> sure. Sure, Arcana Dimday. You think you're going to... Okay. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. They're like, oh, we're your loyal subjects. Like... Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't you like to... I I would love to help you if only I had more friends and companions. Yep. Oh, yes. I'd so be able to get this job done if you summoned my friend Pain. It's like, all right, Mm -hmm. I'll call call the Pain. Oh, stupid, stupid Steve Butterman. All right, give me a D6 for a bond. One horse. Although I tend to be cruel, I still care for others in my own way. God. I think that's what he says. Yeah, no, I don't absolutely. think that's true. I think that's what he says. Yes, this is what this is what this is what his ideal, his bond. This was his bond where he's like, you know, I treat everybody fairly. And that's what got him like, you know, I hate saying like he wasn't a bad he's a bad person, but like he's not an evil warlord. You know what I mean? Like he's dumb. He's fucking egotistical. Like his ego got he's the better of him. Or he he wasn't like, yes, and these will be my legions. He's like, these are my friends. Yeah, these are my friends, and I'm use I'm gonna use them to be the big cool hero. Yes, it all comes back to how he used to treat his original summons, where he's yep. like, you know, I treat them with respect. Like I'm not gonna do them dirty, but like they are, they do, they do what I need them to, and then I get rid of them. Yep. Why aren't you leaving, demons? <laughs> Give me a D6 for a flaw. Five ant. Sucker for a pretty face. Sucker for a for, no, I fucking wish. <laughs> it's actually like it's perfect, and I'm just taking a moment to bask in it. I hold everyone that I see with contempt. Wow, he is a being of pure ego, of pure, of pure self-importance. Damn, everyone he sees with like even after the battle with Conjure learns nothing from it. It's just oh, like yeah. I fucking hate that summoner. And just and is and it's just like it's just like I'll summon an even bigger army. I will win. I will win and I will get back I will take back the throne that was taken from me. Damn. Next time will be even bigger. Oh my god. Yeah, he's still he's he's still out there and he's building up to be even bigger next time. He's trying. He's trying. The gate won't open, but he tries to pry it open every single minute of the day. Mm-hmm. Wow. He's just waiting for that moment where they come back and that he has that opportunity to strike back. Damn. Oh my god, I love Steve Butterman slash Arcana Dim Day. This is a dope villain. This is a very good villain. An egotistical shitling. Ah, oh, god, thank you so much, Ink Oculi, for your prompt. Ah, oh, thank you so much for, god, our background on our website. Thank you so much for the artist illustration of Conjure on our website, on our episode page, which is so dope. If you haven't checked it out, thank you for your contributions to the wiki. You're just a wonderful person. Go find their work uh, at Ink Oculi and go support them on their Patreon. Absolutely. If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for future use in an episode to create the greatest story of all time, there are ways that you can do it. 
Uh, there sure are. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can uh, post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com. You can post them to our discord at bit.ly slash AMFC discord. Uh, you can also send them to us via uh, all my fantasy children.com. And I think that's all of them. That's all of them. All right. While you're on our website, um, be sure to find our Bandcamp where we post all the music from the episodes and check out our Wikipedia page curated by Katie Colop. It's amazing. It's awesome. Come contribute or come, you know, refresh yourself on some lore or write your own or write some of the stuff that we talked about. All My Fantasy Children is part of the One Shot Podcast Network. The One Shot Network is a collection of podcasts and streams focused on making tabletop more inclusive, engaging, and fun. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, consider checking out consider checking out the One Shot Twitch. They Twitch stream uh, oh, board yeah, games yeah. and role playing games, all sorts of things, including uh, a woman with hollow eyes, which is an Invisible Sun actual play about a sort, you know, which involves uh, like supernatural mysteries and horror. It's all very cool. You can find that at twitch.tv slash one shot RPG. Yeah, do it up. Oh, Jeff is a second podcast. I sure do. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, we have some laughs, maybe a few tears, and a really good time. New episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Hell yeah. A verbal hug this week. Hmm. Hmm. Chase after the stuff that, like, you are really passionate about. Okay. I'm about that. I've been, I've been, you know, I, I, I feel like it's a thing we hit on a lot, but, like, the stuff that you care about has value and take some time today or in the next few days to really, you know, allow yourself to enjoy the things that you you love. Don't feel embarrassed of them or ashamed of them. You know, if you if you like a particular song and, and, and you want to sing it at the top of your lungs, but you're like, oh, I don't want the neighbors to hear me, sing it at the top of your lungs. If you want to, you know, do a little bit of a hand dance when you're out walking in the snow, do a little bit of a hand dance when you're out walking in the snow. It's fine. Yeah. I, you have my explicit permission as your good friend, Jeff Stormer. You really, we say it a lot, but like you only get to do this once. So you might as well go fucking hog wild. Yeah. Take a look. Take a lesson from Conjure. Do the shit that you want to do that makes you happy. And if it's not making you happy, fuck it. Yeah. Throw that shit out and get something else that makes you happy. Because it's, it's totally worth it. Exactly. Um, is that it? I think that's it. All right. And until next time, good night and good game. game.